You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. On today's Real Wealth Show, we're going to peek behind the curtain to see the reality of buy and hold real estate investing, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and how when you stick with it, it really can turn out very well in the end. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Our guest today was feeling overworked on a treadmill. Even with an electrical engineering degree, he was having trouble keeping up with the very expensive San Francisco Bay Area, and he didn't see a way off of that treadmill. Then he listened to The Real Wealth Show and joined as a member at Real Wealth Network and started attending our live events. At that time, he pulled the trigger and bought three properties in Kansas City. And even though those first properties have come with their share of challenges, Brett is still on a mission to build his real estate portfolio. And so far, it's allowed him to quit his two side jobs. So Brent, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. So let's talk about when and why you started looking at real estate as a vehicle for retirement and investing. Right. Well, I was aware of you, Kathy. I had heard you on KSFO talking to one of the financial gurus maybe about 10 years ago. Or that so, was so. so long ago. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. KSFO. Yes. Right, right. So that kind of buzzed around in my head for a time. And so so I was here in the Bay Area. I had graduated from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo in 2006. And we were quite fortunate, my, my wife and I, to land a house during the recession. So wow. we got... <laughs> right, right. So we got a really great deal on our place. Impossible now, of course, but but that was a, a huge help as far as uh, having that. And so upon graduating with my engineering degree, I had this crazy notion, well, you know, wife, you can go ahead and stay home and, you know, I'll, I'll you know, be the breadwinner. And so she was able to stay home with our children for a while. So that was that was really great. But, you know, I was kind of a little naive as far as, you know, Bay Area cost of living. So <laughs> thankfully we got the house, but still I was having to work, you know, multiple jobs. In addition to my main engineering job, I was working for a couple of, of tutoring firms on the side doing uh, statistics and math tutoring for high school students. So staying pretty busy with that. So it was just not an ideal situation financially. So I was looking for a way to get out from that and really just be able to have one main job. So I was aware of you. And, and so I started looking into the Real Wealth Network and you know I signed up as a member and looked at your material, started attending live events. And that was maybe, that was maybe about six or seven years ago and attended live events for a period of time, maybe not a hugely long period of time, but perhaps maybe over the course of a year, I attended several events. And so just got really comfortable. And so was in, you know, and then talked with my advisor, Aristotle. And so I just felt really like a comfortable thing to go ahead and land that first property and try to transition out of working so much. So I, you know, I, I met with an affiliate provider in the Kansas city area. And I know, Currently, from what I understand, Real Wealth doesn't have a provider in that area. But anyway, you know, at the time there was somebody, so I, I flew out there. You know, kind of got the lay of the land. Just you know, was shown around to what rehabs looked like. You know, what completed properties looked like. And so I went ahead and in you know, in about the span of uh, and this was in 2016, in the span of about you know nine months, acquired three properties. 
Wow. All in Kansas City. So that was probably a big learning curve there. That was a big learning curve. That was a big learning curve. And so, you know, I had, I had stayed, you know, of course, quite busy with my jobs, but, but I ended up making a transition with my main day job to another employer. And so I had some company stock. So I, I, you know, that, that helped me then to go ahead and, and be able to get the funds for procuring those properties. Cause I was just busy and it's like, how are you going to get, you know, the funds here mm-hmm. to go ahead and, and procure a property. So that kind of, that kind of, uh, you know, just helped, um, definitely, definitely made it possible for me to get those properties. So I know that's not for everybody, but mm-hmm. I'll admit I had listened to some Keith Weinhold as well. And that kind of influenced me where if, you know, you're in a rough situation and, you know, get, you know, just go ahead and take the tax hit. So, you know, I was young enough. I felt my risk tolerance was, was high enough that I was comfortable going ahead and, you know, making, using those funds that were, were for company stock and going ahead and using those as down payments for my, my three properties in the Kansas city area. Yeah. And as you mentioned, we are not uh, working in Kansas city anymore. And, and I think it's a great place. We just didn't have luck with property management there. We had uh, difficulty with the older homes and uh, it was, it was a tough market, even though there's a lot of growth there, at least for us. So I know that you experienced some of that. Um, What, what's sort of the, the ugly side of real estate and investing out of state that, that people need to hear. Right, right. That's true. So that was a challenging market. I was definitely gung ho because I wanted so much to be able to quit my side jobs and, you know, just have more time. And so, so, you know, I grabbed those three properties and unfortunately one of them did get placed with a bad tenant. I can't recall. It might've been actually the second tenant on one of those. And she looked you know, she looked good on paper. I mean, she passed, you know, the background check looked good. You know, she had a job with uh, Kansas city medical center even, but she, she, so, so that Kansas city affiliate um, actually had brought in, uh, it developed a, a property management company in-house. So I was with that property management company. And at the time this tenant was giving me grief was about the same time that that uh, that property manager actually folded. So mm-hmm. I wasn't aware she had actually left town and left the bathtub faucet on at full blast. So I was oh faced my with, gosh, what a yeah! I was I was faced with astronomical water and utility oh. bills. <laughs> and and what about damage to the house? I was fortunate in that the rehab had been done well enough to where the, you know, the tub didn't overflow, the piping was good. So Um, so it was just a a water loss. Oh my gosh. That would be a real crime. You get arrested for that in California. We can't waste water like that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You think she just forgot? Uh, I'm sorry. You think she just forgot to turn it off? Uh, no, because let's say I had photos of, uh, some other parts of the house that, uh, definitely would indicate, no, there was, I think some intention with that. Oh. <laughs> and oh I don't know. Gosh. I mean, she didn't know me from Adam, but anyway, you know, 
Oh, you? you're the you're the greedy landlord, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. So you had water bills, and um, and sometimes in certain states there is a lesson there that if the tenant doesn't pay the water bill, it's stuck with the landlord, right? That's true. That's a good point. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So I was hit with all utilities. And then just, of course, an expensive make ready to prepare for the next tenant on that and, you know, transition with the new property manager. So it was definitely an eye-opening experience. And this is good that we stress this here. You know, it's not always going to be a smooth experience um, when you get, I mean, and this was early on for me. So, so you know, it was definitely kind of rough sailing for a bit of time there. To get I mean, stable. did you doubt yourself at that point? Like, oh my gosh, here, I thought this was going to be my answer. And instead, it's just more stress, more headache. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, you know, I didn't immediately quit my side jobs. So I was still really busy. And thankfully, you know, I had the funds to deal with it. That's why it's so important to have your reserve funds. Yeah. So when the real, you know, when when you're working with your lender and they they want to see that, it, that's that's why you have reserve funds. So so, um, I just ate it, and of course, I I undertook legal proceedings with her, but you know, nothing. We weren't able to track her. She just skipped town. So, mm. um, to me, it was just I was just so busy. It's like I'll just deal with that. I I really. I wasn't pleased about it, but I just kind of felt like it would work itself out over time. And I was willing to be patient because I had enough people say, you know, real estate is not a quick, get rich quick type of scheme. So I, that's I was a great attitude. That's a great attitude because, you know, there things do happen and, and the odds, odds are eventually it does happen to you, but that is why the reserves are in place. I mean, if you've got I recommend at least $5,000 uh, set aside per property or six months to 12 months of the rent set aside. And if you just have it in your head, this is four times like this. So I don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to be upset about it. It's just part of the cost of doing business. We have that in our actual business. We have emergency funds and, you know, a fund for, for legal in ca case that comes up. I mean, then when it comes up, you know, you don't stress about it. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Because I think the water alone, because the uh, the tiered system, you know, with the water, I think it was over two thousand dollars for the utility. Oh, gosh. So, well, how are those properties doing now? So well, so so they they are with, of course, as you said, real wealth doesn't have a an affiliate in that area. But I there was a a property manager who overtook the properties for real wealth network members who were in that situation with that particular pro previous property manager going um, folding. So I've stayed with that, that particular provider uh, over time and you know, developed a trust with them there. It, it hasn't been totally smooth as far as tenants. I, um, so maybe that's why you folks aren't in that area right now, but I actually am currently dealing with another tenant right now. Who's this is very recent. He's, he's trying to squat on a property. So mm. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, I know other people who have done really well in Kansas city, but we just have not, we, we tried probably four different providers and couldn't make it work, even though I think it's a great city. It's a growing city. And, and, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of positives, but yeah, well, I'm sorry that you're dealing with that. It could happen anywhere, uh, but it does, it, it does sometimes, sometimes in situations like that, I just sell the house. It's like, this is just bad luck. <laughs> I'm going to go get something else. 
Yeah, I'm actually considering that. So we'll see how things go. I think partly might be due to, you know, the, the, the COVID situation and, and people's finances is that he, you know, qualified for property. And now he doesn't want to cough up the funds for rent. So we'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. Oh, boy. So what are some of the lessons you've learned and, and how are things going now in general? Do you still believe in real estate? Absolutely. Right, right. Again, you know, it's not a get rich quick scheme. I've seen it definitely, and I haven't quantized it. I mean, here I'm an engineer, but I haven't quantized exactly, um, you know, what, you know, what I'm, I'm um, netting per month, but I've, I've seen it improve my finances. And, you know, even in a worst case scenario, you're still building wealth in the sense that you're, you know, you're, 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 um, making payments or your tenant is making payments on a property and over time you're going to own that property and and you'll see rents go up over time so there's still a benefit there um so so that's that's definitely one thing i've learned is just just be patient and be content um as far as how are things going now, I definitely believe in it. I'm, I'm actually, I, I, I diversified, so I've got two properties in Indianapolis as well. And I am currently, as we speak, working on acquiring a third. And so, you know, in addition, I mentioned I spent some funds to acquire downs, which I think for a lot of people might be kind of a challenge. You know, people look at and, and, and think, you know, how am I ever going to acquire you know, real estate, but the downs are not huge, of course, relative to California real estate. So I, I was able additionally, because we got our house here in the Bay Area, I was able to use a couple of cash out refis. I think both of those were for the Indianapolis properties. And now the one of the properties I've had for about three years in Indianapolis. And so we are um, using the, the, um, equity in that house now to tap in and acquire a third property in Indianapolis. So it's kind of rewarding, you know, because we got in, rates were higher at the time, interest rates were higher. We've seen them come down, and now we're going to cash in on the equity and acquire an additional property in Indianapolis. And that's been a much better market for me. It's been very smooth sailing. So I'm going to stay in, in Indianapolis for the time being and, you know, keep adding on, you know, one or maybe a, a two properties this year, and we'll just, we'll see how things go. Oh, great. What, what's your ultimate goal in terms of real estate? Right. Well, and, initially, and in life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Initially, you know, it was simply to acquire the immediate need after meeting with Aristotle was simply to acquire three properties. We figured that would be enough for me to help, you know, um, be able to quit the, the side jobs and, you know, focus on the day job and then real estate on the side. So it's really, um, really a blessing to be able to um go beyond that i i first i didn't have any hopes and i was having trouble seeing how am i going to go beyond three but now we've been able to look you know at other means of financing these properties is for the downs and so we're continuing to go forward so you know i i think i have other cash uh reserves or other other um equity in in other properties that i can tap into as well so i'm not eating up you know cash on my end to try to to fund the downs for these properties so Mm -hmm. i'm just going to keep going uh probably try to add maybe you know one a year for the time being and this will be six for me and then i i also structured my primary residence so that 
that loan is all under my name. So I'm at, I'll be at seven then of the, the golden 10, as you call them for the golden parachutes for, for my, uh, you know, real estate number. And then we'll, we'll probably try to focus on my wife and structure it that way. So we've definitely tried to hear and listen to your advice, Kathy, for structuring our portfolio. And then, you know, as well over time, um, I need to get their processes. I need to get more efficient on as far as probably work on developing, you know, spreadsheets, keeping better track of things. And then, you know, the legal end we're working on, and I've got some, some paperwork I'm probably going to be doing this week for the, the you know, um, real wealth networks, uh, recommended legal provider. So, you know, just trying to, you know, shore up, um, cause I have had some bleeding with properties, just trying to shore up the bleeding as I go along and get more disciplined and more structured. What would more disciplined look like? Would you, would you, would your acquisition process be different? I think it's just, it's developing a better tracking program of, of costs. I mean, I have, you know, my, my property manager does a good job of, of all of that, but as far as like the asset protection, um, I know there's a recommendation to have, you know, separate, I think separate possibly banking accounts for each property as you develop the LLCs. I, I haven't gone to that level of detail, so I need to work on that more. So it's just, mm. you know, just trying to have bulletproof, I guess, asset protection and be more disciplined, which is, so it's, and I'm, you know, kind of develop, trying to develop this as I'm, I'm running along the way, you know, because I've got, you know, three children, family, family needs. And so it's definitely busy trying to yeah. fit all this stuff in. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody has different opinions on um, how much asset protection they need. I personally don't have separate bank accounts for the uh, for my properties, and I if if they're highly leveraged properties, then I I put them together in one LLC. But again, that's just me. I just figure there's not enough in them to to that someone would try to go after properties that are highly leveraged, you know, within one LLC. But again, that's the discussion you have with your, your attorney. And I love that you're uh, looking at how can I make, how can I run this more like a business? What's my criteria for acquisition? You know, what, what do I need to be looking for? Is it a certain amount of cash flow? Is it a certain amount of growth in the area, jobs, population, um, age of the house, renovation, um, brand new, like what's your criteria and then having the discipline to stick with that. Right. Cause sometimes you can't find it. Sometimes it takes a while to find exactly what's going to fit that. I'm happy to say that we do have a new, um, marketplace at real wealth where you can plug a lot of that in. I don't know if you've used that yet. It's brand new. Uh, we're just coming out with it, but you can put your properties in there and analyze them a little bit easy, a little bit more easily. So check that out for sure. Great, great, good point. Right, right. And Rich and I got a bookkeeper finally because it was just like uh, so much detail in in managing the properties once you get a lot of them, and uh, and it's nice because then he presents us with the spreadsheet and we can see how our properties are really doing. So I do yeah. recommend if you're too busy, just get a bookkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's a good way of doing it. Right, right. You know, I had this sense kind of of just uh, hitting the ground running with this stuff, and of course, you know, it it was for a time kind of just. I don't want. I don't want to say overwhelming, but you know, working multiple jobs and it was kind of more than I could keep track of. So now that things have settled down a little more, just trying to you know refine the process. So definitely take a look at that resource. 
Well, obviously you, you all, you know, have good sense about things to be able to buy in the, in the down market. Uh, that's a lot of people weren't able to do that. So I imagine there's a lot of equity in your primary. Have you refied that and lowered your payment there or potentially taken cash out for investing? Right, right. We have, we've, we've actually refinanced two or three times and I don't remember it's either two or three of our properties. We, we are able to use the, the cash out refi proceeds and able to land those. So yes, definitely. Great. And we may do that again. Awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. With the way prices have gone up. Have you noticed uh, or even paid attention to whether the properties in Kansas city or Indianapolis have increased in value? Those are, those tend to be markets that are linear. They don't tend to go up in value that much, but the last year has been uh, phenomenal. So uh, have you, have you noticed any equity growth? Right, it has. So right now we're refinancing one of our properties in Indianapolis and we're waiting to see the um, inspection report and, and you know, the, um, you know, right, the appraisal and, and see what we get for that. So I do believe it's gone up, but we, you know, we're just waiting to see on that. Pretty yeah. sure. And then um, we may, we may look into the Kansas city market Um and with that, um, I, I mentioned I've got a, a tenant that we're dealing with, a squatting tenant. So we may possibly try to uh, sell that property. So mm -hmm. I looked into those. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Indianapolis, because those are better quality properties, has gone up higher relative um, versus uh, Kansas City. Okay. And it seems like you're at the level, almost at least, at the level of um, owning properties that potentially if your wife did most of the managing of it and could show 750 hours spent kind of learning and managing her property, she could qualify as a real estate professional if she's not, if she's not working right now and help offset the, um, the taxes you're paying. Right now, you know, my youngest, my youngest child is eight years old. And so she's pretty busy with the children she is working right now. So it's kind of, she's supportive okay. of this, right? Yeah. So maybe eventually. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, when, when a spouse doesn't have a W2 job, um, then, and they're not, they're able to show that they would spend more time on real estate, which again is 750 hours a year, then they can qualify as a real estate professional just from managing the properties, meaning um, taking over the bookkeeping and making sure the insurance is, is good and so forth. Um, there's ways to document that. Um, all right. Well, any other suggestions for new, you know, new listeners or anybody who's thinking about getting started or investing? I mean, some of the things you said are pretty scary. <laughs> you know, would you, again, I think you already said it, but what advice would you give to, to new investors? Right. right. You know, be patient and don't give up. You know, I've, I've seen, you know, overall, I think it's, it's a winning proposition and I've seen things improve over time. And I think real estate is really good also in the sense, you know, for employers as well, because what this has done for me is it's enabled me now that I'm not having to work the side jobs, I'm more dedicated to my primary employer. And, and when you're able to do that, and I'm not looking to quit my day job anytime soon. So I think it, it 
you know, a lot of times employers look, you know, and, and have their 401k package and all the, uh, of that. But I think what we do as real estate investors is actually really good for employees when you're still working a day job, because it just makes you, you know, a, a better asset to that employer. Oh, that's a great point. And you kind of mentioned earlier too, you're feeling less stressed, you know, because again, you're not having that second job. Um, how would you say on a scale of one to 10, you've been able to create real wealth, meaning having the time and money to live life on your own terms? Right, right. It was definitely, you know, at a one or a zero probably to begin with where I was just being pulled by the, by the necessities of life to have to work so much. And it's approved. I'm not, I'm not, you know, to the point where I'm just living off the funds of, of my investment properties, but I'd say it's probably up there to seven or eight. It's definitely at the higher end of the scale. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. I love hearing that. All right, Brent. Well, thank you so much for joining me here on the Real Wealth Show and inspiring our audience and kind of showing what's behind the curtain. It's not always easy, but if you look over the long run, a $2,000 hit, one day, but maybe you made that much in appreciation or in tax benefits and it's a, it's a long haul and you got people paying off the debt for you. It's just kind of, it's just going to, you're going to look back. It'll just be a blip. Right. Right. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate, you know, the advice and, and, you know, mentoring you've given over time to those of us in the real wealth network. Thank you, Kathy. Oh, thank you so much. Definitely. And thank you for joining me here on the real wealth show. If you'd like to hear more Real Wealth stories or get access to over 500 free educational webinars on everything from asset protection to getting good insurance on your properties to getting really good financing, you know, you can get up to 10 investor loans that are backed by the U.S. government with just 20 and 25% down. Uh, and then referrals to companies across the country who've helped our members at Real Wealth acquire investment properties for the long term with property management in place. And so you can do that at realwealthshow.com and it's free to join. I'm Kathy Fedke and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.